before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Good evening folks, you're listening to the Hour of the Time. I'm William Cooper. Chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Veteran of three foreign wars, entrepreneur and warrior poet, Tony Arterburn takes on the issues facing our country, civilization, and planet. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. We are transmitting worldwide from deep in the heart of Texas. The Arterburn Radio Transmission. 28th of July, 2023. Well, folks, this is my first broadcast officially uh, of the Arterburn Radio Transmission from my home in downtown Denison, and uh, I left my my bedroom door open that I can see because Beans the Brave can't decide if she wants to be near me on my feet or sleeping on our bed. So that's, that's I've got that door open in the back. You may see Beans later. Uh, she may get bored and come out. And uh, my son, Houston, is here uh, helping me with some tech. And uh, I need his help because I bought a lot of equipment trying to set up a home studio. And uh, I, can, I can tell you, folks, I, I I need, every time I buy a part for something, I need another adapter part. So literally, it's just finding out what I need next. Uh, so it's been an adventure, but I'm broadcasting on my laptop, and we're going to have a good show. I was looking at the headlines today, and I thought, okay, let me see what can I what can I pull from uh, from Technocracy News or Natural News or um, I can't pull anything from the Drudge Report. And believe me, I've tried. Um, I don't know about all of you. I used to really be involved in politics, and then I ran for office, and I got to see how the, the mechanism truly works, especially in something like a Republican primary. I got to uh, see it up close and personal. And after that, I just started to slowly lose interest in the game. And then, of course, 2020, January 6th, uh, you you add that up, and I just start looking at the headlines, and I I don't know what to do about politics. I know a lot of you want to talk about politics, and that you know I'll throw in uh, a political figure now and again, but literally it's just for open source intel. I I don't know I don't know if if there's anything to take away from the uh, looming Trump indictments or whatever. I mean, I have so many mixed emotions on that. I mean, for, on one hand, I think well, this is just a you know, banana republic, uh, political witch hunt. Uh, on the other hand, I think, wow, this, the Democrats are uh, brilliant or the globalists or whoever, whatever AI think tank they have now to, to set them in motion to, to carry out their political will. And I mean, brilliant in the sense that, you know, if you, if you don't fatally uh, politically wound Donald Trump, like you don't lock him up or something, uh, then you make him a martyr. 
And again, that just rallies his base. It more solidifies his base. And you can see these people, they play him. I mean, David Knight has been playing the, some of the MAGA people, like the real believers. And uh, you'll see, you know, and Billy Ray Valentine sent me a, a clip of somebody from uh, QAnon the other day who like still believed that Trump was president at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, there is some, I mean, mental health issues, but um, there, the devotion, when he said he could go and he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and he was, wouldn't lose any support, I, I think that's true. Uh, it's it strange what's happening in our politics because you look at the the national map and again that's when I started tuning out because you know Ann Coulter came on and, and she just kept saying in 2017 2018 she's like okay if we're not going to build the wall and we're not going to do anything about immigration we're not going to have any like real immigration reform or do a moratorium or uh, basically turn off the spigot because it this country it it's never had a period of mass immigration like this. I mean, people look at the, what you refer to the melting pot, which was mostly from Europe and then the European waves, you know, Irish and Polish and Italian uh, at the beginning of the 20th century and into the twenties, but they had a pause. And like that, that pause from the 1920s because of world war one and the aftermath of that, by the time Kennedy was president, we were pretty much, we'd gone through a world war, we'd gone through a depression, and it was one nation, one people, for the most part. I mean, you still had internal issues and race issues, but now we've become, after the Immigration Act of 1965 with Ted Kennedy, we've become uh, what Teddy Roosevelt, another Teddy, the other Teddy, said that was a polyglot boarding house for the world. I mean, the Immigration Act of 1965, which by design was to and again, nothing wrong with those folks, but you're talking about non-Christian nations, non-Western nations, and then just opening those floodgates. And then especially after the end of the Cold War, uh, the fall of the Soviet Union, and they broke into 16 pieces in, in 1991. But we started to massively import people from the third world. And that's been a, a great boon for at least one political party that I know. Uh, it's been good for the donors of the Republican Party. I mean, it's the same people fund both parties. I don't, I don't. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil things for you. But the same people, you know, the mega donors fund both parties. But it, it's been a great boon for the Democratic Party to have eighty percent of all new legal immigrants. I'm not even talking about uh, illegal immigrants, and we don't know how many illegal immigrants there are. It's probably probably fifty million somewhere in there. Then you have chain migration, and then anchor babies, whatever you want to call them. But I'm just talking about legal. So. Legal immigration, that's about a million a year, because most people don't know that. I mean, at the height of when we were supposedly like, you know, a nation of immigrants and had these massive waves, it was only like a quarter of a million a year. And that was at the height of the the, the largest uh, wave. It was never it was never what it is now, which is, again, it's just automatically a million every year. So if 80 percent of those people that come in uh, legally, which is the only way you should be able to come in, but let's say 80 percent of those Vote Democrat. That's just that's just the, the stats. And then their children usually do. It's it's just what they do. It's the it's a natural thing. I think the Democratic Party has a lock on that. Well, Ann Coulter, to go back to my story in 2017, when I was listening to her logic and she was breaking down the 2016 election and she said, well, uh, Donald Trump won by 80,000 votes spread over four states. In 2016. I'll say that again. He won by 80,000 votes spread over four states. Those are the swing states. And I want to say it was Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Uh, was it? And Florida was another. It was a real close call. I want to say it was that. But again, Wisconsin, it was Wisconsin. So if you go four years and you <laughs> I'm just giving some math here, but, you know, it's such a, a small margin. And yeah, the map is red because, you know, you look, I, I don't like using these terms. You guys know this, but our politics are messed up because of the two party system, um, because of partisanship, because people not being able to think on their own, because of ballot access. I mean, you, most of you don't know how hard it is to get on a ballot somewhere or get on a debate stage. I mean, the game is rigged by the two parties. So knowing that and knowing what I know about who funds these people and knowing what I know now. It's really hard for me to look at politics and get excited about it. I see people, I don't know how they do it on I, you know, most of these radio hosts. I'm a radio host, but I'm talking about just in the political game. I mean, they get excited about people testifying and people on Capitol Hill. And I don't know, it's the same. 
I know what they're going to say before they open their mouth usually. Although I will say I was surprised by Vice President Kamala Harris and uh, <laughs> she she let the cat out of the bag. She said the quiet part out about population control that I was scrolling through the headlines of natural news and I came across an article um, that was like seven ways the Democrats want to depopulate. I, I'll, I'll, I'll read that. It's a kind of partisan, but I, I like it. And I think that would be fun. We'll go over that. I mean, you guys know where I stand anyway. The left-right paradigm is destroying this country. And uh, I am a what you would call, I don't like the word conservative because there's nothing left to conserve, but okay. I'm of the right. I love this country. I love the Constitution. I love our culture. I love our history and our heroes and our traditions. I love all those things, and it's it's heartbreaking to see what's happening. But I don't think politics is going to, you know, d- digging into this and and taking a side in this current thing. I don't I don't think is healthy for you psychologically or spiritually when you could do stuff on the grassroots level or, you know, all of this is a war of the mind. This is this is a spiritual war, right? Psychological. That's what that's the. That's the timeline that we're on. That's why we're all here. It's a war of the mind. And you can see everything's attacking your mind. It's attacking your spirits, trying to make you give up. Blackpilled is another term, right? You, everybody's blackpilled. I noticed that in, in, in alternative media, where if you don't fit a certain line, well, then you must be controlled opposition. Or maybe, you, especially if you get enough followers, you're controlled opposition. Or you're a shill. I've been called a shill. Uh, I've had people ha- call and hang up on me when I like they've just called the shop. And I don't, you know, I, I don't I, please don't do that. But if you want to call and they try to act like they're talking to me about gold and silver and then all of a sudden I'll get all these questions fired at me. I didn't answer the right way. And they're very angry with me. And I think that's really odd um, that they have enough time to do that, but not enough time to you know work on themselves or work on the country or start your own show or something. So it's we're we're, we're discombobulated. We're smashed. And do a thousand, thousand pieces, not yet scattered to the wind, though. But anyway, I, I wanted to start off and, and say I looked at politics, and that took us a little bit a quarter of the show. But I looked at politics, and I'm just kind of, I don't know, it's it's Friday. I used to tune into the Michael Savage shows, uh, The Savage Nation. What a great broadcaster. I learned a lot from him. But he would just do stream of consciousness a lot. And that's one of the hardest shows you can do. Like, I'm not reading from an article right now. I'm just talking to you. And the reason is, is because most of the headlines are depressing. And uh, there's, there's a little bit, we can go over the, the world coin with, with Sam Altman, who is the founder of the chat GPT. We can talk about that. And they want to biometrically hook you up to get you this coin and create a world currency and all the stuff that I've been warning against. We can talk about that. And summit.news. I mean, I went to summit.news just to get a headline. And there's like five things on there that are pretty dystopic. You know, and again, par for the course when you're living in this timeline where you've got, uh, you know, so-called leaders in Washington, D.C. that have, I don't know, either they don't have a spine or they're, I don't know where they find these people like Mitt Romney who's talking about uh, using corporations to censor people. Maybe we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an insane time. And I've got headlines on gold and silver. But you guys know the deal. It's Friday. We're going to just do a little stream of consciousness. I wanted to tell, so the Rockfin chat, I usually don't check it that much, but I'll tell you what, uh, since we are live and we're live on Worldwide Christian Radio, we're live on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, San Antonio, my my home station down there, um, you can ask me anything, okay? I don't care what it is. Uh, pretty much nothing's uh, off the table, but I'll try to make it about history or current events or whatever you ever wanted to ask me. If you're in the Rockfin chat, I'll go and look at it. And you can ask, we can just do an AMA, ask me anything, uh, because the headlines are strange today. And that's the energy that I felt going into the show. And we, we might just beyond that door, you might see Beans the Brave if you're following the, the video cast. And I may get, I may get Houston to go uh, get her here in a minute. But uh, yeah, we're just still getting set up here in, in Texas. I've been back and forth between Denison and uh, Branson, Missouri. And we've got a lot of good business and and we've made some inroads here in North Texas and it's great for the supply chain. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, Wolfpack today for sure. Uh, But let's go go to the Rockfin chat. I want to see how many people we got in there today. Oh, we got, okay. We got got a few watching. That's great. 
and uh, John Henry's in there, and of course Riley. I see Riley's in there. Uh, I wanted to tell the folks in the chat that Don Jeffries won't be on today. He's taking a day for himself, but definitely be back next week. And of course, we have America Unplugged. Uh, but yeah, you guys got anything in the chat? Uh, send it my way. Happy to happy to go over anything you want to talk about. All right, let's let's go to. Let me see if I can pull this up on my screen too. You guys bear with me. I'm still. Uh, let's remove this and let's go to one of these tabs. Let's go to extra screen. Yeah, there's a there's a way to do this, and I'm I'm working on it. Let's go to uh, let's see summit.news. Let's do the Sam Altman's World Coin. We'll share that. And, uh, let me go to streamer. There we go. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go check this out. This article is up on technocracy.news. Sam Altman's World Coin la- launches to fierce criticism <laughs> and rejection. Sam Altman, head of OpenAI and ChatGPT, is further gem- demonstrating his twisted technocratic mind with the launch of WorldCoin. WorldCoin bluntly states that everyone will be identified with the orb's iris scans, whether they like it or not. Further, that it will be the vehicle to promote universal basic income, or UBI, to the world. ChatGPT will wreck the world and WorldCoin will save it? Question mark. Uh, so it it creates the problem uh, to solve the problem. Where have I heard that before? Uh, Altman speaks out of both sides of his mouth. Open AI. Uh, with Open AI, he pleads for government regulation while openly fearing AI's threat to to humanity. Even as his development team raced toward uh, the release of the next and more advanced version. And again, well, Patrick, what is nailing it here? This is the Hegelian dialectic at its extreme. WorldCoin is just another example of the same scheme. Just trust us, they say, as you peer into the shiny iris scanning orb. Well, it's true. All of this technocratic dystopic nightmare, and it kind of, you know, you see it emanating from pretty much the same circles, you know, the the upper echelon of Silicon Valley and mega banks and the World Economic Forum. Notice that regular people who just want to pay their bills and raise a family and uh, be left alone, like no one's trying to take it. There's so many Bond villains. There's so many. <laughs> go look at uh, Klaus Schwab. I mean, it's it's like there's a script written or you know, Yuval Harari, you know, the guy with the World Economic Forum that's basically echoing. He out Kissinger, Henry Kissinger with useless eaters. Like, it's like, what do we do with this population of people? Like, they're just useless. What, I mean, what are we going to do with them? That's why we need the UBI. And what is the universal basic income for if not a bribe? You know, it's. They can't outright say we're going to get rid of, you know, uh, millions or billions of people. I mean, they kind of do like the Georgia Guidestones, you know, uh, put erected the year I was born in 1979. You have the Georgia Guidestones saying that the world population needs to be at 500 million. That's a 95 percent reduction population. So they actually do kind of etch it in stone, even though those, those got uh, somehow those got taken out. And that mystery was never solved. But. Yeah, that's that's what they believe in. And, they, you know, you have people like Ted Turner uh, come out who may have may or may not have been the uh, funding agent for the Georgia Guidestones. He said that uh, population needed to be eliminated by 95 percent. You have uh, Bill Gates. You know, he's uh, if we do a really good job with vaccines and health care, we can get that number down by 15 percent. He's talking about the uh, growing population, which would be about a billion people. So that's their favorite thing. But they also know that it's kind of hard to do. I mean, you, you, you've you got you know, almost 8 billion people worldwide, something like that. And uh, they want to pick and choose, I guess, the, the nations that come out on top and what economies come out on top. They, they want to play God. right? Um, so the, the bribe is universal basic income. It's kind of like Michael Bloomberg talked about in the presidential election of 2020 when he was saying, well, we better do something with all this automation company coming or they're going to come at us with the guillotines. 
So that's what universal basic income is. It's just a way to satiate because there's a big, let's face it, there's a giant chunk of the population that would be fine with that. Just pay me, you know, just pay me and I'll just sit there or just pay me and it'll be, you know, acceptable for me to give up. Well, you know what that's attached to when you do a universal basic income, and this is what this world coin's all about. When you do a UBI, you're also, and you get used to that, there's a nightmare in that. I was reading a biography of Rod Serling, the creator of the Twilight Zone, and it's really interesting. And he kind of felt like he had sold out a bit, you know, because he kind of trapped in a world where you start making a certain amount and it's coming from a certain source. But things are not really all that certain. So you end up getting used to that lifestyle. He didn't like it. And he actually started rebelling against it. It was a big source of pain for him that he had reached a certain level, but he didn't want to always be tied to it. That happens to a lot of us. Well, universal basic income is even worse because you get on it and it's going to come with some conditions. It's also going to come like, again, you start attaching this world coin or whatever it is. And I'm, we're going to get into the article, too. But the conditions are, are going to be political. They're going to be spiritual. They're going to be uh, financial. They're going to be, are you, are, you, are you exercising ESG in your wallet? You know, how's your wallet doing with an environmental social governance? Are you, uh, are you supporting the right team? See, that's wrong. You bought gasoline when you should have uh, you should have bought a, a solar panel. You see what I mean? Or we don't like this church you're associated with. We've seen your we tracked your phone into these certain locations, and we're going to have to put your funds on hold until you go to a re-education camp. Well, you think it's far fetched? I mean, folks, we just locked down the entire world and did Operation Warp Speed. Um, if that doesn't wake you up, I don't know what will. I mean, people comply and they get really nasty about it too. Remember that? I remember a lot of these psychopaths and people running around, uh, the, the ultra Karens or whatever this, the people that were tearing a society apart at the seams back in 2020, those people, uh, they complied, you know, they, they, they were for the current thing. And the current thing says, you know, you had to lock down, you had to wear, you had to, uh, you had to uh, follow the Faucian protocols and you made a Faucian bargain. Right? And they did. And then all of a sudden they want amnesty. We didn't mean to do that. We won't do that again. You know, I remember scenes of children being taken off playgrounds and uh, showing up and arresting mothers. I remember officers showing up to churches to ticket people that cars were in the parking lot for doing something unauthorized going to church. I remember that or chaining up basketball goals or filling in skate parks with sand, closing down schools so children couldn't, you know, that you took away their athletics and the younger children, you masked them, you put them on planes. Can you imagine being such shallow, uh, distorted human being. Can you imagine being a man and wanting to put a mask on a child? Because we know that if you take three seconds to think about it, you're like, oh well, that doesn't protect me. So what am I doing? Like what are they what are we doing to help others with it? I mean it just the fact that you would do that. And then you wear that mask in front of the children all the time. So they have no reference to seeing your facial movements. So you just all of that was done. So you should probably start expanding your mind a little bit when these people, these technocratic elite, and again, you can go to technocracy.news and really dig into what a lot of the work that Patrick Wood has done. That's what this is about. Now let's go to um, this article. It says, WorldCoin, a new financial system connected to sensitive biometric information, mostly harvested from poor people. Says, uh, sounds like a terrible idea. He says, terrible doesn't do it justice. WorldCoin will need to assemble a vast database of iris data, but not everyone is eager to gaze into an orb. It is the in the bootstrapping phase, at least, you had to pay people to scan their eyes. And so WorldCoin turned to the global south, home to the cheapest eyeballs, and played a dark game of what will people do for money? 
Incredibly, WorldCoin was unprepared for an obvious consequence of this rollout strategy, a black market for verified credentials. You can now seemingly buy a World ID for as little as $30. Anyone then with more than $30 on hand can command more than one digital identity. Although WorldCoin is aware of this issue and has proposed solutions to resolve it, connecting real people to digital identities is a thorny puzzle. Yeah, this is where they create the problem. Like, well, AI is going to copy your facial features. It's going to copy your voice. Well, let me help. I launched this thing, this virus. This is really what it is. I don't know about you guys. I grew up in the 80s. James Cameron made uh, Terminator 1 and 2. I was I was under the impression that we all got the, got the memo that creating Skynet was a bad idea. Like the AI becomes self-aware. And how can you get any more... How can you get any more antichrist than an AI? That's why I'm, I'm really under the impression that the antichrist will be like a, a series of servers and a hologram. I mean, how, that is the most like the opposite of Christ is not necessarily the, it's not the devil. It's not evil because the devil, I assume, has some hatred and some jealousy. There's some there's some kind of what we would identify as emotion in there. Right. And the, the ultimate evil can't be a person because like even evil people love their children. I and mean, the ultimate evil is not a human. It has to be spiritual, I guess. But in real life, what we've created here, if it makes the, the jump, which is it possible? I don't know. I mean, is it possible for it to become sentient? Is it just regurgitating all of the things that it puts into its algorithm? Or will it make the leap? I don't know. But think about that. What is the most antichrist thing it's ai right this is the uh, the problem that they created and again they're going to give you a solution to the problem which is well we don't like deep fakes and we don't want you to be on the wrong side of having ai copy who you are so here pay us <laughs> pay us 30 dollars oh there's 30 dollars per person oh and you have to renew it and then you have to get this digital ID in order to get your UBI. You see where this is going? You created the problem, problem, reaction, solution. This is WorldCoin does not fix this, and it is unlikely, if ever, to be fixed, since nothing in the design can stop professional Sybil attackers farming eyeballs on the ground level through nefarious means. This does not inspire trust in the system or its designers, and yet trust is what they demand. WorldCoin's promotional materials are full of promises to delete sensitive biometric information or keep it hidden from view or not to use it for nefarious ways. One blog post quoted here, the original appears to have been changed since the initial release. They put it this way. During our field testing phase, we are collecting and securely storing more data then we'll, we will, upon its completion, we will delete all the biometric data we have collected during field testing. Oh, sure you will. Trust us. In other words, we totally delete the eyeball database. Well, sure you do. Sure you do. It says, when it comes to sensitive information, promises aren't enough. And the very people who insist that you can trust them as the ones who should command the most suspicion. The fact that WorldCoin's co-founder, Sam Altman, also heads up OpenAI, a firm currently being sued over allegations of dubious uses of large data sets. <laughs> it asks more questions than it answers. Yeah, it's like, this is something I say all the time. I mean, these same people show up with, like, with you know, the creation of something and then also the solution of something. The calls are coming from inside the house. But this is the future. I. I don't know how else to tell you. This is the AI that will be, and it just, it really descended upon us very quickly, didn't it? it it's faster than a, I even, I, I thought the rollout would be. Now you just, I, I see books on Amazon about how to use AI to, uh, in your daily life, or, you know, you need to write the perfect text to someone, or you can use open AI. Uh, you need to uh, write a paper. Well, it's AI. And you again, it when you take a step back and you look at the big picture of where this is headed, you have a society that 
is already uh, dumbed down by the entertainment. I mean, we should be smarter. We have access to, I mean, kings would have killed for this. I mean, just the amount of knowledge at our fingertips. But people are dumber. I mean, aren't they? People know less. Uh, You find very few people that are great speakers anymore. That's a lost art because of texting and communication is not the way it was. I mean, there are some greats. There are some people that are working hard, but I'm saying on a whole, if you go back and look at just previous generations and their writing styles and what they read, it's much deeper, much, and that should give you pause. Because now we've unleashed this AI and in the face of, well, I mean, you look at who's running things. <laughs> you look at that. Are you, are you confident? In our in your leadership uh, to get you through uh, the uh, next the next crisis, I, I don't know. I'm I'm having I'm having downs. <laughs> well, this is the, the the issue with with Worldcoin. I don't know if you guys had heard of it, but it's it's basically a, a offshoot and a solution to uh, the AI that they created, the Chat GPT, and it's just a a, a way to launch a crypto coin that's linked biometrically that would, they see it as the open uh, source to uh, create UBI to create universal basic income. This is a real problem. This is a real problem because a lot of people in the next level are going to going to want something like UBI. We're really up against that. Um, you know, and I think the, the philosopher Frederick Nietzsche called it the last man called the last and that's a might be a great moniker that might he might have been apt in that nomenclature call it the last man will there be any more but it was like where people end up and if you if you read some of his writings and i'm not saying i agree with all his writings but if you read some of his writings he he called the future pretty well he's called about the last man and the last man was a a a, a an ankle biter just a very much a, a saboteur of greatness. Like if anybody had the courage to stand on their own, that he opens up his book, uh, Thus Spake Zarathustra, uh, with a tightrope walker who had become an, a master of his craft, and it was he was having to uh, to do a tightrope rope demonstration in front of a large crowd, and they have this little I don't this little person comes out and starts shaking the starts you know trying to break the line and make the the uh, type ro- uh, rope walker fall and like the crowd is cheering for him to fall and so he does and he he dies and uh, that's how the the book opens up and and the main character calls those people the last man they just want comfort they don't want the truth uh they don't want any kind of vision. There's no courage, not building anything. They're not making anything. They just want to be comfortable. Right. Well, there's something that happens to your soul. Like there's something about, like if you're not reaching your best in your highest self, if you're not, uh, he also called it the unbent bow. Like if you're not just stretching yourself to try to do better, then you start to die. You start to atrophy. Well, that's what the elites want. They, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, they don't want you achieving. They don't want you being your best self. They don't want you uh, questioning things. They don't want you working on your mind or your spiritual health or anything. They don't want you self-actualizing in any way because that interferes with their plans. See, if people started to wake up and they just realize I got to take control of my life, I want to, I want to build a business or I want to, you know, create I want to do my own show or I want to create an article or I, whatever it is. I want to get into painting. I've got this thing that I want to be. I'm a one of my friends I see on Instagram. I grew up with. He makes knives now and they're just beautiful. I got to buy one. I'm um, stuff like that. Just becoming an artist of, of any kind, you know, just, again, creating. It's so important. Like if you know, if you if you have something in your mind. It's one, one thing I've learned at 43 years. And by the way, I forget it too. But it's, it's, it's magical. God gives you this. If you have something in your mind and then you, you think it up and you start to believe it in your heart, like in your solar plexus, and really believe it, you internalize it and you accept it as true. 
then it shows up in, in the real world. Thoughts become things. The entire world was, besides what God created, this is people. People make things. Like the house I'm in now was a thought, or the car that I drive right, was a thought, or the business that I have, or this show that I'm doing right now. These are create I, in my mind, right? And again, not everything is possible because I think it, but most things are because someone else did. Everything is a product of our thought. So if you can kill creativity and you can kill thought, you cut it off at the root, which is you. You are the root. The most powerful thing in all of the universe is the mind that God gave you because it can do amazing. We don't even know what it can do. Not really. You know, it's, you know, what's the most powerful thing? It's not outer space. I read this in Joseph Murphy's book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, when I was 24. And I heard about it on radio when I was a kid. I always wanted to read the book. It's a great little book. He wrote it back in the 60s. But he opens up the book talking about that. That the subconscious and like what you feed it. You know, are you defeatist? Have you already given up? Are you putting garbage in? Because garbage in, garbage out. You have to be a sentry, you have to be a soldier to your mind because what you believe, you internalize and eventually hits your heart and then it manifests. That's just the way God made you. You know, you have the ability to tap in. God created you in his image. That's what God does, that God creates. It, it, it kind of becomes clear too, like on a spiritual level, like if you look at what evil does. And I, I think that evil, um, it, as far as the, in, the, in the real world, like the, the third dimension, then the material world that we live in, uh, things that manifest as, as an extension of evil would be like virulent Marxism. I think that we have a pretty good track record of uh, the Gulag Archipelago and Mao's China and the Cultural Revolution and Pol Pot, you know, about 200 million people. I think, I think, I think my historical accuracy is pretty good. Uh, they like to destroy. That's all they do. That's all they can do. I mean, they can create a great gulag, I guess. They, they can create a prison state. But what else did they make? No, you can't think of anything. Did they make a great car? Did they make a great television set? Did they have a breakthrough in something that wasn't like a, a hydrogen bomb or some kind of chemical weapon or, you know, a satellite that <laughs> rains down ICBMs? I mean, did they come up with anything? Well, no, not really. And that's what you got to look the, the operating system of evil in our world are those kind of things, right? And their evil itself doesn't create. It only destroys. And the opposite, like lifeward things, because you're created in the image of God, is to create. That's the number one thing. You create a family. You create a home. You create a job for yourself. Or you create a business. Or you, whatever it is, you find, everybody's got something. You know, and some people had a, have had a really bad hand dealt to them, way worse than me or you, and you know it. So we're, you know, a lot of times when we feel bad for ourselves, you know, you, uh, you, you criticized your shoes and you complained about them until you met the man with no feet. It's all perspective, but we're meant to create. And these kind of things, whether it's universal basic income or some kind of world coin or a central bank digital currency or even AI. See, I'm still trying to figure out what it's useful for. I mean, I've got to, you know, if I need help looking at how to write an article, can I go to the library or can I just pull something? I can, you know, I can order something from Amazon. I can maybe work on my own skills. Do I, do I need a robot? Like, what does it do? Is it going to help me invest? You're going to trust a robot for that? You're going to trust the markets? You're going to buy a bunch of paper with your, your GPT? What, what is it for? Uh, to make a weird collage or some kind of weird art? I, I don't understand it. And again, I'm pretty good at like, you know, I, I'm not closed minded, but I'm kind of like Jim Mars. who said that don't make sure you're so open minded that your brain falls out. Okay. 
And that's that's where we are. Look at look at what they want. They want you to subscribe to a system of UBI, universal basic income. They want you to give up. They want you to accept their system. And their system is a very anti-life system. Very anti-people. Listen to the elites. When they tell you something, listen. They want less people. I mean, it goes back, you can go back to Henry Kissinger. The guy's made it to 100 years old. He's the oldest living fat person in the history of the world. Uh, he just keeps going. He just turned 100 at Bilderberg. He said, you know, we got all these useless eaters out there talking about the third world. And I want to say, wasn't it Zygmunt Brzezinski in his book? What was it? Between Two Ages. And I want to say that he's a you know technocrat, started the Trilateral Commission. His daughter, uh, Mika, is on MSNBC with Morning Joe. And uh, I think he's pretty, I, I want to say it was Zygmunt who said that uh, it was, you know, used to be easier to, um, to control uh, a million people than to kill them, right? And I think now it's, he was, say, he was saying because of te- the te- technology that they had, it was easier to kill them. Something like that. And that's kind of how they think, you know, and like the techn- technocrats and, you know, they don't see really God in the system at all. Or maybe they do. It's just not the God they want, which is kind of where I lean. You know, the elites have their own religion. There's no atheists at the top. I see no evidence of that. They believe in something. I remember Prince Philip, uh, the <laughs> married to Queen Elizabeth, and he was the father of Charles. He said that when he died, he wanted to be reincarnated as a deadly virus so he could help with population control. What do you know? And right on time, he, I think he died in 2020. So, hey, you know, it was or somewhere around that line. I mean, maybe he was a variant. We can only hope that his wish was achieved. <laughs> but this is this is the Art of Burn radio transmission, folks. I appreciate everybody. I get off on these rants and it's, it's fun. We still haven't seen an appearance from Beans the Brave. I may have Houston go get her. I don't Maybe I'll go get her. Maybe we'll you guys can watch me go to my room or I can. I can call her because she, she was uh, not liking me setting up my my system here. I'll go to the Rockfin chat, make sure I didn't miss anybody. <laughs> There's uh, John Henry 3777. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern time, August 29th. In a panic, they pull the plug. Yes, Skynet fights back. That's exactly right. What are we doing? Like, they're just it's just the only thing we learn from history is that we do not learn from history. But this isn't even history. This is just people. I mean, science fiction and predictive programming telling us some, you know, I was thinking of something the other day and I'm going to get back to the chat. But I was thinking of something the other day. That something I keep listening, I'm doing more uh, philosophical reading right now. I try to just trying to get a, I don't know, I feel like I need like a cleanse of my mind. I've taken in so many stories and done so many shows and, and I'm right in the middle of all this weird dystopia with all of you. And uh, it's just been a strange time, but there was a quote that I picked out years ago that I had Melissa read uh, when we had with show and just when we were doing our daily show in San Antonio and there was a, a bumper and I picked out this quote from Nietzsche and Frederick Nietzsche, and it was it it sounded really cool to me at the time, but lately I've been thinking that it is much more profound than I thought. Like, I it I think it has real implications on the understanding of reality. Like, it's beyond just a cool thought or an experiment. I th- I think it to be true, and the quote is that the future influences the present just as much as the past. The future influences the present just as much as the past. Now think about that. So we all know that there's cause and effect. You know, Isaac Newton was on to something. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? We do something, there's a reaction to it, consequences, right? Well, what if we don't understand truly how time works or... This is 
the way that God set this creation in motion. Like I'm not a simulation person in the sense that I think there's like a an alien with a keyboard and we're all some AI. I don't think that at all. I think that this is a mysterious existence. That's why I think atheism is just silly now. Like I understand criticism of religion. Oh, I get it. Um, you ever dealt with somebody who's just totally convinced they're right? They follow the book. They know what they're, and then you're just, okay, I, I got you. I got you. They won't listen to anything. But that is an interesting thought experiment that the future itself influences the present just as much as the past. So if we've got, I don't know, maybe we got multiple destinies and how this works out. But on this, if you're on this train with me, if you're on this particular wavelength or timeline, when I was a kid, we were warned against AI over and over. I mean, even in 2001, a space odyssey, and I think we're going to do a paratruther soon on 2001. Weird symbology. Uh, Bill Cooper did a big breakdown on that. So Paratruth is going to do its own version of the breakdown of, of Stanley Kubrick's 2001. But you know what Kubrick had in there? Kubrick had AI. Mr. Anderson mentioned that yesterday in the chat we were having. Kubrick had AI. It was Hal. Hal was an AI. What did Hal do? What, the first chance that Hal got to self-actualize and become sentient in their own way it was cold, calculating power move. Nothing of no empathy, right? No guilt, no nothing, just the will to survive. It's like a sociopath, but times a billion, you know? Think about that. All right. Let's see if we can go. Let's see if I can pull this up. Need to uh, see if this is the, the article. Let me go and find. I want to put it on the screen, so stand stand by. I'm going to share screen here, and we're going to go to the top seven ways Democrats in D.C. plan to reduce population. So let's share this. Make sure you guys can see it. All right, thanks for thanks for sticking with me on my exploration of this tech here. The top seven ways the Democrats in D.C. plan on reducing the population. Let's go through this really quick before we close out. This is over on Natural News, and I do like Ethan Huff over there, and uh, S.D. Wells puts out some articles um, that are pretty good. It says, yes, the vice president of the United States of America just said the quiet part out loud on television for the whole world to hear and try to digest the not-so-brilliant sidekick for President Biden, who just informed the world that AI stands for artificial intelligence because nobody knew that until she said it. She wants every American to be clear about the main goals of the Democrats in Washington, D.C., to end all use of fossil fuels by investing in clean energy and electric vehicles and also, wait for it, to reduce the population. You cannot make this stuff up. And she meant what she said when she exclaimed, "We, when we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air. So let's take a close critical consideration of what the second in command of the USA is saying here. What can she possibly mean by government methods of operation to greatly reduce the number of living humans in America? Let's scroll down and see what it. So they have seven ways. Isn't that funny? You know, uh, Chuck Schumer said there was six different ways that the intelligence community can get you. Uh, so they have seven ways, perhaps, uh, from S.D. Wells. Number one, vaccines, especially the COVID jabs, reduce the population by injecting unknown neurotoxin and vascular clotting, spike proteins. Yes, while causing new and deadly conditions. Think myocarditis. Yeah, I've never, I didn't know the word myocarditis before 2021, ever. And now everybody, it's a household name. And people are like, there's no, there's no such thing as adverse effects. There's no various database. Okay, my, how come I know that word? Well, I don't know. You looked it up. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's prevalent. It's everywhere. Number two, funding the engineering of novel lab-created viruses that kill off the elderly or the immune compromised or children. Or, yeah, these Nazi scientists, uh, Operation Paperclip, biowarfare, gain-of-function labs, they all need to be closed down. Uh, they all need to be uh, destroyed. 
Uh, we need we do not in, in any way, shape or form need bioweapons in this world. I mean, the risk. What is the risk reward? What is that? I and mean, we already have nukes. Why do you need that? Oh, so you can do a soft kill. You can make your, you know, it's RFK Jr. got in trouble for saying that they engineered bioweapons to that are race specific. Yeah, they've been doing that for decades. What? Why is this a news flash? Why? Why is this some, somehow a revelation? Of course, they've been doing genetically altered race specific. They do that. That's that's how that's what Operation Paperclip Nazi scientists do is make these kind of things. We don't need that in our world. Number three, embezzling trillions of dollars to drive inflation higher, causing the poor and destitute to starve to death or die of preventable diseases. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, everything's being siphoned out of America. Our manufacturing, our technology, our wealth, everything, our our hard power, our ability to self-sustain. And then we just take the dollar and we print it into oblivion. You know, think of uh, think of Mr. Zelensky in his little costume. Number four, forcing everyone to stop using fossil fuels. All farming and distribution of food will come to a halt, creating massive famine across the country soon. Well, they have a plan to, to stop the use of fossil fuels. They have they've, you know, depleted our strategic reserve. I have a friend of mine in the oil business, a high executive, I mean, high up, and he has backed me up like they're literally just cutting it off, cutting off our ability to self-sustain. And this is like a choke point. I mean, they are literally uh, putting us in a predicament of not being able to access energy as they force us off the grid into these quote unquote sustainable, right? Uh, electric car. The electric car is not the answer. I mean, I, I just recently got a, a Dodge Challenger because it's the last year they're making them. I mean, what a great car too. I got the V8 because the World Economic Forum doesn't want me to have one. <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm just driving that in defense, in defiance of uh, of their edicts. And, you know, the, the electric grid itself can't support electric cars. I mean, you can't, there's not enough of uh, the minerals. Have you, have you ever done the math? Like, look at the rare earth minerals you need to back up these stupid batteries. And they're going to make the, supposedly make the Challenger electric. What? Garbage. We we have a thousand other ways to get energy. My family's been in the gasoline business. I was before I was born, like right at the time I was born. So I know I grew up around it. I know a thing or two about energy. And it's a lie that we're running out or that there's not enough. Of course, there is. We just we need exploration. You need investment. There's ways to get the miles per gallon up. There's a way to make cleaner. There's ways. But the answer is not making everybody try to plug in. You don't have a grid for that. And there's not enough batteries. Number five, drastically reduce or eliminate the food supply by wrecking the supply chain while poisoning the meat and dairy industries, injecting the animals with toxins. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you saw what happened during COVID-1984 with these shutdowns. And it just the, the picking winners and losers. You're not essential. You're essential. What makes what's the difference? Well, how much money do you have? How important are you? What's your lobbying firm like? Number six, promote abortions heavily. Think Planned Parenthood, including during the third trimester. Yeah, it's really sick. It makes you wonder what kind of what kind of civilization we truly have. You, have you done the numbers? What if I told you that almost the exact same amount of people, the unborn, that were terminated? After Roe v. Wade, 1973, what if I told you that almost that exact same number of people, little children from all walks of life, black babies, Hispanic babies, white babies, you name it, Asian babies, 60 million, right? What if I told you that's almost the exact number of people that were imported to this country? And when you talk about population replacement, have you ever thought about that? Oh, you're not supposed to. You, you've had too much to think if you have. Uh, number seven, convince all liberals and leftists to promote and advocate for the mutilation of children's genitalia. Yes. And that's another thing. It's population control. It's, we don't have enough time to get into it, but you guys know it's a massive psyop of the highest order. Our culture, 
the the legalization, the sanctioning of taking children and mutilating them. They they don't have a chance to, to... that's a choice they that it's a choice they actually give you. Well, here's a choice. You have a choice to do this to your child. You have a choice to abort your child. Can I, hey, can I choose to live off grid and homeschool? No. <laughs> do I have a choice not to take your Operation Warp Speed juice? Can I not take that? Do I have to uh, do I have to inject that experimental thing into me? Oh yes, you have to do that. It's not a choice. Are you just going to lose your? Of course, you have a choice, but you can't go to the grocery store either. And you can't work it anywhere. And then, uh, you know, you can't fly and you can't get a pass, whatever the vaccine passports. Do you like how they roll that? They kind of just backed off a little bit. Don't you know that we're into some kind of like lull? They're going to bring all that back. And it might be just related to climate. You never know. All right, let's go over gold and silver prices real quick. Thank everybody for joining in the Rockfin chat. Need to plan a show where I just have the phone lines open. You guys can chime in, ask me anything you want. I'll have to plan that. I, I just thought of that off the cuff. Uh, right today, uh, Friday, uh, here, the 28th of July, gold, the yellow metals at 1,959 Luciferian banks or notes per troy ounce, 1,959 Federal Reserve notes, fiat dollars per troy ounce for the yellow metal. Silver's at $24.31 an ounce for the white metal. Silver uh, still super cheap when it comes to where it's been in the past. Remember, silver at fifty dollars in nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty was about fifty bucks was about what two hundred dollars today in purchasing power. So we got a real disparity in where silver is. But that's kind of the answer, you know. The parallel economies, having silver in your hand, having gold in your hand, no counterparty risk whatsoever, and that's what Wise Wolf does. That's who sponsors the program. Uh, wisewolfgoldandsilver.com or wisewolf.gold. We have multiple websites. Uh, I know that's a thing. We have two locations to serve you, one in Branson, Missouri, one in Denison, Texas, and they're both open six days a week. We don't have a minimum. If you need to put precious metals in your hand, give us a call. Again, wisewolf.gold. And we have a membership program. When people say, uh, I can't afford metals, yes, you can. It's the Lone Wolf program. $50 a month gets you Precious metals in your hand every month on time automatically. Go to wolfpack.gold, check it out. We go all the way up to a thousand. We have other programs available. You get special access to deals and you will love the variety. But I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, we'll be back next week. Check us out on America Unplugged tomorrow, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern on Rockfin, the America Unplugged channel. We'll see you guys very, very soon. Take care of each other. End of transmission. Life is a continuous confrontation with forks in the road. One is good, one is bad. And you could always wander completely off the road altogether and become lost. Totally and completely lost. If you take the wrong fork at one of these junctions, there is always the opportunity at the next fork to get back on track. But it is a constant battle within ourselves. You see, I have studied this concept for many, many years. And I have to tell you that if there is a real devil, like Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. I'm not telling you that there's no such thing as Satan or Lucifer. I'm telling you this. If there really is a devil, that devil exists in the hearts and minds of men and nowhere else. Nowhere else. For if you take man out of the equation, evil ceases to exist. And there is left only the laws of the universe and the balance of nature. Put man in the equation and before long evil will rear its ugly head and present itself to the world. The evil is within man, and that is why it was called the fall. The devil never made anyone do it. If you do it, you did it yourself because you fell into temptation. 
or until man once again confronts the real nature of his own condition and of the world around him and accepts full responsibility for his actions without blaming anyone else or any devil until then we will always be a puppet on the end of someone else's string and ladies and gentlemen when that someone pulls that string we will dance